This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 520 of Horse Tip Daily. A different horse tip, a different equine topic, a different equestrian expert every day. Horse Tip Daily brings the world of equine knowledge to you one day at a time. Today's tip is brought to you by EquestrianCollections.com. Hi, Coach Jen here, and thanks for tuning in to Horse Tip Daily. Today's tip is from the Horse.com Weekly Horse Health Report on the Horses in the Morning Show, Episode 238. Today's tip, all about fall vaccines, which ones and why. But before we get to today's tip, a word from our sponsor, EquestrianCollections.com. Autumn is here. Time to cash in on Mother Nature's horse-friendly weather and take to the saddle with renewed enthusiasm. In so doing, you'll likely notice a few gaps in you and your horse's fall wardrobes. For example, that turnout sheet that has seen its last roll in the pasture, or the fleeced vest that is well past vintage and moving swiftly towards ratty. EquestrianCollections.com has what you need and what your horse needs, plus the latest just-can't-live-without fashions for this fall. Visit EquestrianCollections.com today for fresh, fashionable, and functional items for you and your horse. Now, enjoy today's tip. Tell us about the shots that we need in the fall. Well, also, now that it's World Rabies Day, I'm going to also express that most people don't do their rabies in the fall because, uh, you know, up north they'll do it when they're coming out of hibernation or coming out to start moseying around for breeding in the springtime. But that's no reason to say, oh, I'm just going to wait till the springtime to get it done if I've never had it done. So my two cents right now is if you don't have rabies, get it done. It won't hurt to get it now because you're going to be out enjoying this fall weather. You may run across some issues. So it's uh, once a year vaccine, and uh, I would recommend that you get it done. And, Dr. Jones, you know, my, my opinion on, on the whole rabies thing is, you know, it's, what, 20 bucks, and you give the horse the shot. It's good for a year, and your horse, without the shot, will die. I mean, will $20 to save your horse's life. And what we have a problem with here is, I mean, obviously we have coyotes and smaller animals like that, but there are also, and people forget about the bats. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They're feeding on the mosquitoes at night, taking care of your mosquito population, so they're around. So definitely yeah. keep that in mind. Now, the raccoons are the most common that people talk about because they run into the same situation that Glenn did. You know, they come in and there's that, you know, goofy-looking, not-quite-right raccoon in their barn or out in their pasture. So, yeah, absolutely. And then, unfortunately, he had to go through the quarantine. A lot of states or counties, depending on where you're at, may not quarantine your horse if you vaccinated and have proof of vaccination. So, you know, thank God they don't require the rabies tags and things like that to be put on your horse. But all you have to do is produce the vet uh, invoice or call your vet, and they've got it on record. Most of them have digital software now, which is real easy to download and uh, send off to you or to the uh, animal control person. So is this mm-hmm. a booster or is it something you need annually? Annually, and th- there's... A bunch of different types of rabies vaccines out there. We do use the dog and cat one at a higher dose that they call the three-year vaccine. It's not good for three years in horses. This has not been proven. This is not um, knowledge base that's out there that you can wait three years to debris booster. It's an annual recommended vaccine. Okay, good. Cool. 
Absolutely, and there's a number of other vaccines that the AEP recommends as core vaccines. And I like the the point that Aaron made earlier about you know if you haven't done it in the spring, then you then you very well may want to go ahead and do it in the fall because you know my my thought on this show is people always ask us what sh- what shot should my horse have in the fall, and the answer, of course, is it kind of depends as well on what they got in the spring. So exactly, it's not just a, a cookie cutter kind of thing. So Aaron, can you tell us a little bit about the the uh, other core vaccine recommendations from the AAP? Yes, the AAP has. Um Four of them listed as their core vaccine. Tetanus is an annual that uh, the horses should get because of what they get into. Barbed wire cuts, other cuts, stepping on things, just like we step on a nail and we have to get a tetanus shot. They can, you know, have abscesses in their feet, not from stepping on something, but that open, open abscess is an open environment to get into the bloodstream any of the tetani bacteria that could get in there. So the once-a-year tetanus, again, cheap insurance, Tetanus is everywhere in the environment. It's just cheap insurance to have that on board. Um, and, of course, that's mixed in with a lot of vaccines, so most people are up to date on that one. Encephalitis, that's got over 95% mortality, meaning death to the horses. Uh, why, not? why not vaccinate for encephalitis? That one uh, you know, needs to uh, be addressed, especially in the mosquito areas, the Gulf states who see mosquitoes year-round. We're doing it twice a year and sometimes up to three or four times a year, depending on uh, outbreaks. I think they have a huge uh, outbreak of encephalitis in Wisconsin right now going on. Going on. So you know, it's probably those people up in the cold said, oh, I'll get a little lax and not do their vaccinations this year, and they're coming down with horses with encephalitis. Um, West Nile uh, is the other one, and that one, we've seen it wane, go away, but we're just waiting for it to rear its ugly head again and uh, become, you know, endemic again like it was when it initially came to the country. So those are the core vaccines, tetanus, encephalitis, which is the eastern and the western encephalitis, West Nile, and rabies. That's the basics that you absolutely should do for your horses. All right. Very good. And uh, those, there's a number of other vaccines that may be recommended, depending on your area and depending on what your horse is doing. For, the, for example, uh, equine herpes virus and flu are, are more recommended for horses that are traveling a lot to shows and you know group trail rides and things like that, correct? Absolutely. Those are snotty noses. Those are the easiest things to discuss. The flu and the rhino, or the herpes, um, can go from horse to horse from a cough, a sneeze, um, saliva and snot left behind, mostly the snot left behind. And just a quick note, the rhino slash herpes uh, vaccine, that one, that vaccine only covers respiratory um, in a certain dose, and then another dose will cover um, abortions and, and broodmares, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. But it will, not cu- it will not protect for the neurologic form, which was the big outbreak in Ogden, Utah, uh, with those horses that were down and couldn't get up and had neurologic deficits. It does transmit by nasal, by snotty noses and cough and sneezes, and become the neurologic form. But this vaccine by no means will guarantee your horse won't get the neurologic form, but you still can keep them from getting the snotty noses, which is a good idea, because that's how it's yeah, we had a We had a conversation yesterday, Dr. Jones, about EHB-1, which uh, reared its head in, in uh, Tennessee. Yes. That's uh, the Dixie Stampede. Um, yes. So we, yes. we had that conversation yesterday, and... There was all kinds of debate about whether they should be continuing their shows and, and that. But uh, so th- that was one of the situations that come up. But, uh, you know, we had done, and we referred back to it, we had done a really good job of talking about that at the time here on the show. Yeah, yeah. With and really, I mean, uh, Dixie Stampede does a good job with their horses, and I can say that from, uh, you know, from being in the front line because I did their horses when they were here in Orlando and then they um, moved out. Um, so it's just uh, one horse might not handle the stress of being used in a show, 
and that's all it does is start to formulate this disease and get worse and worse. So, you know, it's not that anybody has bad um, uh, management capabilities on their on their farm. It's just that some of them will be more stressed and come down with the diseases easier. Right. Right. So anyway, the the herpes slash rhino is the same thing, and the flu. Those are definitely ones that you see at the shows, trail riding, when you're mixing horses, basically, and you take them out of their normal atmosphere, kind of stress them, you know, reduce their immune system a little bit. They're, they're going to be more prone for those. And depending on how often you're traveling with your horse, talk to your veterinarian about how often you should be giving those vaccines. Absolutely. Now, I, Dr. Jones, you know, I, I have a question, too. My, my horse, just random, my horse is 12, 12 years old, and he's always had a flu shot. But as he's gotten older, his allergy to the actual flu shot has gotten almost too severe to give him the shot. Last time he broke out in hives and had, like, couldn't breathe. I mean, it was really, really, really bad. He also mm-hmm. has a needle allergy, uh, so he has to get the silicone-free needles. Uh, yeah. So with, with a horse that's had the shot 12 years, you know, does he have, does he have enough in him to skip it for a year? I mean when his reaction is so bad, would you suggest that or would you suggest just milking him through the, the reaction? Um, I hate to say it, but no. The herpes slash um, and the flu can come in different forms. And if you ever read the labels on these uh, flu vaccines, they're kind of interesting because they'll tell you, you know, this takes care of the Kentucky one, this will take care of the Euro one. I mean, there's a bunch of different forms that are out there, and they feel if they get the most current form and the older ones are not, covered they're covering everything and so it will change form so even though your horse has had it in the past doesn't mean that it's going to be protected for possibly a new um change of the uh actual flu bug that's going around the virus my suggestion to you do the flu intranasal and that mm-hmm. actually is good for a year in an adult horse hmm interesting see i didn't know that i'm yeah, writing except, that down yeah the only thing i you know Caution people in the flu intranasal. Some horses get a bit, you know, upset with things going up their nose and getting sprayed. I like to do those intranasal vaccines when I've got them sedate for sheath cleaning or for dentals. So time your annual flu intranasal to your annual dental, and they'll be sedate for the dental. You can do the flu intranasal, and nobody gets hurt. Horse doesn't find it to be that offensive. Mm-hmm. Okay, now, if you do intranasal, intranasal, then you'll have a conflict. Because you can't do that. Can both. I throw something in here quick? Because you just mentioned sheet cleaning. I just looked at our numbers yesterday. The most listened to show on horses in the morning was the sheet cleaning episode. <laughs> I threw that in for your benefit, Glenn. <laughs> yeah, that's how that sick awesome. you horsewomen are. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> you know, that was, that was one of our company's most popular videos that month as well. It was in the top three. Is that right? <laughs> yes. Well, you know, I bet a lot of people don't realize that they should be doing the sheath cleaning that often. That's probably another reason for the interest. Uh, well, there's probably no, I think they just wanted to hear me and Barrett. That's what I think it was. <laughs> so I'm rolling into the, the other vaccine that we um, has as, as alternate vaccines, and that's Strangles. And that is an intranasal and intramuscular form. Uh, both forms can be used. The intramuscular does have some pretty severe side effects of pain in the area of the injection. Some of the horses get lame in their hind end. If you give it in the rear, they get um, very stiff necks. Um, and it does, it does protect as well as the intranasal does protect. But the intranasal strangles cannot be given at the same time as the intranasal flu. Um, 
I always try to do those as standalone vaccines if I can. It's just, you know, nowadays people are worried about the economy and, and their monies, and they're not willing to pay another trip fee for that. But uh, if you spaced it out to a different month and did some other things with it, like sheath cleaning or dentals, you can um, definitely get that done without too much reaction from the horse. Very good. And there are a few other vaccines that may be recommended depending on your area, um, botulism being one that you is definitely recommended in Kentucky and some other areas. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yes, botulism um, and PHF, Potomac horse fever, and VE, which is the Venezuelan encephalitis. Those are three that come to mind right off the bat as um, if you're in certain areas, your veterinarian may be recommending that. So let's say, you know, United States horse owners, we're moving around a lot anymore. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm writing health certificates for people who are moving from Florida to the west and Florida to up north and things like that. I always recommend to them that they should have their vet out, whichever vet they choose, for a first-time visit just to do a, a basic physical. It's worth, it's worth the one-time fee of a basic physical and ask them what are recommended vaccines for this area so that you can budget for the next year. So, again, botulism, usually Kentucky for the babies, um, Potomac horse fever, Maryland area, the Venezuelan encephalitis, uh, that's rampant in Mexico. So some of the bordering states of Mexico, such as Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, may be recommending the Venezuelan. And there are a couple other ones as well that uh, the AAP lists as risk-based uh, vaccines, uh, anthrax, EVA, rotavirus. Yes, and those are basically um, recommended based off of outbreaks or issues. EVA, um, there, is, there was, and they're, they're, they're resolving it very, very well. Um, the USDA is. Uh, the EVA um, outbreak was pretty rampant by, I guess, a couple of snuck into the country and somehow got by some of the testing phase. They're not quite sure yet how this happened, still looking into it. But if you are breeding and your mayor is going to a stallion who is a known EVA shedder, and that means that they actually collected the semen, cultured it, found the EVA in the semen, then you need to vaccinate your mayor prior to breeding to that stallion, or you will most likely get an aborted foal if you don't. It's not life-threatening to the mayor. The only thing is it's just a little bit more of a headache. You have to do it so much time before you do the breeding. The mayor needs to be quarantined because she can spread that EVA virus through her nose, and if she's out with other broodmares, she can cause possible rape, um, abortion outbreaks, um, things like that. So it's a little bit more problematic, but there are a lot of nice signs out there that might be EVA positive, and it's just one other step you have to do. Again, talk to your veterinarian about setting that up. Very good. And now, speaking of broodmares, uh, we talked a little bit as we were planning the show about what things to do with broodmares in the fall, especially if you've got them breeding on the typical foaling in the uh, early part of the year. So, Erin, what do you Yeah, the broodmares are very important, and this, this kind of brings you to a thought process. Broodmares need extra vaccines besides their normal. You shouldn't skip their regular vaccine rotations because you need to have a healthy mare in order to have a healthy foal. At month five and month seven and month nine, they should be getting an anti-abortion shot is what we've been calling it for years. It's basically a herpes or a rhino shot. And you're thinking, why do I have to do it every two months? Because a vaccine really only lasts about two months. So going back to your herpes slash rhino for your snotty noses on those horses that are traveling, if you're a heavy traveler and you're on the road three to four months solid, showing, 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 you may consider boosting that herpes or that rhino while you're out there because the, 
the potential of it showing up at about three, three and a half months before you get back home might, might be there because the vaccines stressed may not last the full time while you're out in the show, um, out in the showing circuit. So, uh, Anyway, back to the broodmares, at month five, month seven, and month nine, they need to get the anti-abortion shot because that's when herpes will um, bring it, rear its ugly head in a, in a broodmare and cause some uh, herpes abortions. The other thing is four weeks out from her due date, very important that you get encephalitis, the eastern and the western, tetanus, rabies, the flu, and the rhino slash herpes into a mare before she falls. And unfortunately on this one, you have to use the intramuscular flu. You cannot use the intranasal because it has to get in the bloodstream, create the high titers so that the first colostrum for that baby, they get the highest amount of protection from mom for those diseases. It allows the baby to, to go on until they're about five months of age before they need their first set of shots. The other one you're gonna to wanna to add, botulism if you're in Kentucky. You're definitely gonna to wanna to give botulism within the uh, four weeks of her due date. And this is pretty important. If they have a late delivery, you might consider reboostering. Um, if they tend to prolong maiden marriage, sometimes they'll go a little bit later than their due date. I'd say anything over six weeks needs to be boosted. Erin, you have a strategy for that. <laughs> yeah, I kind of confided in Christy what I do. Human nature is I don't tell my clients that the vaccines are good for six months. So those of my clients that are listening are probably getting a revelation. I tell them they're good for four or for six weeks. I tell them they're good for four weeks, and I need to come back out and reboost her at week five because human nature will forget. So if, if, if when I vaccinate and the mare doesn't fall in four weeks, I tell the client to make an appointment in that fifth week. Sometimes they'll fall in that fifth week and everything's good to go. If not, we got to booster in before week six when they start to wane again. Hmm. So mark it on your calendar if you've got broodmares. Vaccines are given four weeks before due date. Count four weeks out. Circle it, big red circle. Did she have her full here? If not, make that appointment with the vet to get out the following week. All right. You know, Definitely you guys it. just spent 20 minutes talking about what shots we need for all of these things. It's amazing any horse lives more than a year. <laughs> I've had that thought before. <laughs> like, oh my God! We just listed twenty things that we have to worry about our horses dying from. Of course, we have that same twenty things, but still. Well, there you go. It just amazes me how much fun the horses in the morning gang can make, even the driest of subjects. To listen to more of the horse.com's tips, go to the horsetipdaily.com and go to the experts drop-down menu on the left. If you love listening to Glenn the Geek and Jamie putting in their two cents on horse health topics, tune into Horses in the Morning on Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Eastern Time for a weekly fix of up-to-the-minute horse health information. You can also go to thehorse.com and find the motherload of horse health information covering pretty much every topic imaginable. Please stop by the Horse Tip Daily Facebook page and let us know what you think of the tips you hear on the show. It's also a great place to tell us about topics you'd like to hear us cover. You can subscribe to all of the great shows on the Horse Radio Network through iTunes or Zune and get your horse podcasts automatically downloaded to your iPod, Zune, or MP3 player. I'll be back again tomorrow with another new expert and a different horse tip. Until then, go ride your horse! The Horse Radio Network and the Horse Radio Network hosts are not responsible for statements of guests or their opinions. Use your own judgment when listening to the tips provided by the experts on Horse Tip Daily. Music.